0: Cheslin, you're a lady. You're Shannon Waters' tears of joy that flow.
1: On today's show, we discuss how Munster can sign Cheslin Colby and still stay within their IRFU budget via a series of third-party investments involving King John's Castle and Barry Murphy plagiarising Champagne Supernova.
0: The one true love that I have ever known.
1: Whilst at the same time, Ruan (laughs) Pinar signs for Ulster, gets paid by a Donegal, and gets done for money laundering.
0: Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello and you're very welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe together with Guinness. It's straight from the frying pan into the fire for all the Irish internationals this week. Back into two interpro uh, championship games, and we will look back at Munster versus Ulster and Connacht versus Leinster. We're also going to talk about. Uh, Sari's, Sari, Sari, <laughs> not Sari, from Sari's, because they're denying it to the ground. is going to come on and talk us through what the hell has gone on in that, because we don't really have a notion, do we? Oh, I, I speak for yourself?
1: Uh, you don't have a clue. I'm, when, when Fla says something, I was just going to say exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. that. No, I don't. Anyway. Um, but you had a good weekend? Uh, yes, I was at Rory Best's testimonial on Friday night. Right. Um, another party ferrari Yeah, another another send, another off. send off No <laughs> kids there <laughs> Tonight, no on that kids. night, no um, uh, But yeah, good night And a lot of um, House of Rugby Paz and Andri fans Good, penguins? A lot of penguins Yeah A lot of penguins I, I
0: like when people start referring to themselves as penguins <laughs> <Yeah>. they, When <laughs> yeah. they meet me now It's
1: brilliant I'm a penguin Yeah <laughs> Is that a, an admission? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah You know who's not a penguin? Ian Henderson He's not watched uh, a single episode or listened to a single episode. He didn't even know you could watch it. Which that makes that me doesn't
0: surprise me with him, though.
1: Yeah. It makes he me definitely think. watches, like, gardening shows
0: or something. <laughs> yeah. Strange. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's... Um, that makes him think... That makes me... I don't... uh I'm not sure even if he was aware who Alex Payne was before he started the night. Alex Payne was hosting the whole evening. Ah. So then uh, that makes me think, does he not even watch any Sky Sports rugby? Back, like, back in the day, obviously. We, I wouldn't think... He always
0: struck me as the fellow. Yeah,
1: but he's he's aloof, but he's really he's really clever. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, so if he doesn't listen to the show, we should have been slagging him more. We could have think, got away with it. He, yeah, we could. <laughs> yeah. I, I never he, would. Big E, we
0: We'd have to call him a smarto. So. Isn't he the kind of fellow who like puts things in microwaves and blows them up and stuff like that? Yes, that's the, that is the perfect activity uh, yeah. <laughs> to describe him. He like run a run a cable to his garden and stick a stick a microwave out there and put a not a live animal, but Things in it, I like, so, yeah. like a phone or
1: dangerous activities. Yeah, um, he, me, and him once made a, a potato rocket, like a proper potato, not like not like one of those ones. Yeah, you know? yeah that's what I'm thinking. How yeah, bad were they? no, this one had like um, a container with a like um, you, you spray a little bit of hairspray in, screw it on the end, and then it can it properly fire an explosion. Like, yeah, yeah, it was. I'll send and you a did, video. Yeah, we'll put up a video actually. Do okay, it's a very successful. But project. Were you working at the testimonial on Friday? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rory called me about six months ago and said, I mean, We're a bit tight in seats. Uh, <laughs> you can come, but you'll have to do something. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I had to do uh, I did an interview with Johnny Sexton, and Kiwi did an interview with Tig for a long Good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Johnny and I just basically. Just, just slag, slag Rory, slag, you know, slag, slag, give a few slags and then like last thirty seconds say, oh, but he's great, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, makes yeah, yeah, it makes up for it. So yeah, we were talking about the time. Um, one of my favourite stories about Rory is whenever he kicked Paul Marshall up the arse <laughs> 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 on the pitch uh, in a match in a game. <laughs> um, uh, the ball was sitting at the base of the rock and the clock went red. It was European Cup. I forget who we were playing. And uh, the clock went red and we were winning. And then uh, Rory shouts, "Kick it out, Beagle!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Paul, I think he had made a mistake the week before, so he just checked with the ref. That process took two seconds tops. Yeah. By which time Rory had run out of patience. Kicked him up. The kicked arse. him up the arse. <laughs> <Amazing>. <laughs> and then the the that was only the start, really, because then the following week, um, Beagle went looking for an apology. He <laughs> <laughs> don't really get apologies, that Rory? <laughs> the best he got was. I'm sorry you took it that way oh God, know, which yeah. is an apology of sorts I remember Federico Putriello kicked kicked a, an opposition
0: player up the arse and yeah. he got a yellow card for it oh really? yeah because you remember they, they got in a bit of a scuffle. when you remember on the way and he just toe pegs him up the hole yeah it was brilliant
1: was it laces or toe? because that could toe, be toe, toe peg yeah. like
0: right up the hole like straight on the on the uh, anus
1: yeah, geez, that'd be painful Wouldn't enough. It? I'd say a tool could be red. I haven't had one of them in a while. No. I'd rather not. <laughs> don't make them like I used
0: to. I was uh, celebrating with another Irish legend of the weekend. We had Paul O'Connell's surprise 40th in Liscanner, County Clare uh-huh. on Saturday night, which was great crack.
1: Um, it was his 40th. South. Me and Paulie have the same uh, birthday, you know? Yes, you told me this. Me, Paulie cool. and Snoop Dogg. Have you? not? you don't. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. There's a couple of other ones I can't remember. Oh, you should try and arrange... All of us get together. Yeah. Point, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, O'Connell, the surprise, he was totally surprised, which was brilliant. I uh-huh. uh, can't believe that I, I would ruin a surprise if I was organising for someone, definitely. Yeah. But um, it was brilliant. Do you know, uh, when they were walking in, so his father and his brothers took him golfing and then they brought him in and stuff and do you know that photograph of uh, Peter Stringer with his family when they uh-huh. all looked like um, those bald cats uh, <laughs> yes. well, inside yeah. these cats or something yeah. it was like that because uh, O'Connell and his brothers and his dad all are six foot odd and they've shaved heads and they all look the exact same <laughs> yes. so the Dow and it's a small public with a duck under the door to walk in so the Dow walks in and was like so and then Mark is and then Justin and then by the end it was just like surprise Surprise, uh, but it worked really well yeah. it was a cool little duo band playing uh-huh. I got up and did a few songs what did you? yeah uh, did a, one of happy my happy birthday <laughs> <Paul President>. <laughs> <laughs> I did one of our songs I did Champagne Supernova which is oh. standard like yeah. it went down really well
1: really? it did
0: yeah. Peter Clossie thought it was what,
1: just, I didn't think that's very Hermitage Greeny is it? Ah. it's it's like a it's easy man it's an easy yeah crowd it's easy pleaser. that's what
0: I mean Peter Clossie thought I'd is that one of your own songs? <laughs> 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 yes, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all right. Like, it's easy to, be <laughs> it's it's to catch on. And then, uh, after a few points, a few too many points, probably, um, uh, one of the lads, the Paul Bald, who's the masseur for Munster, and Fla gave him the nickname, which I think is brilliant. <laughs> when he first came into Munster, he was one of Fla's mates, and he was like, I think we called one of our strength conditioning coaches, Tom Cummins, comeback. Yeah, and He was like giving out about how stupid a nickname it was. he's like, what are you going to call me? Paul Ball Is it. And I was like, "That's that." <laughs> so uh, he was like, I'd love if someone played Pink Floyd. Wish you were here. And I was like, I'll play it. He's like, please. So I got up and played it. And I realized after like 30 seconds, it? I don't know that song. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I know that first riff. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was that it. Sit down. And then everyone was like trying to sing it. And I was like, I just had to hand it over. It was a good crack. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't matter at that point, you know. Yeah,
1: that's fine. Hopefully, yeah. I get invited to Paulie's fiftieth.
0: Yeah, and Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Um, right. <clears throat> Let's crack into a bit of juicy Guinness Pro14 action. We get Jerry Flannery out here uh, to discuss Munster vs Ulster, Connacht, Leinster, and series. Not series. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Okay, welcome to the couch, Jerry Flannery. Uh, flat Good weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I was with you Saturday night, obviously. Mm. Uh, it's good. It was a good crack. Flay ate a lot of pizza.
2: Not like you? Yeah. Mm. I had a bit of a binge. Yeah. Oh. I was very hungry, but it was excellent. Very unlike you. Mm. Does like his food.
0: Uh, we watched the <coughs> Monster, Ulster match in a little pub in a scanner, and we had a bottle of wine and some steaks. and mm. uh, It was very enjoyable, especially that Andrew Conway tried to beat Ulster in the last ten minutes. Um, pretty
1: exceptional were you working for it or were, you, were no, you watching it? no I just watched it at home yeah I find, I find that try really frustrating just from an Ulster perspective actually that's mm. the mo I think it's because Ulster were so fired up at the start of the game it got me really into it mm. I was, I became a real Ulster supporter I was. it's the least neutral I've been <laughs> in really? recent times mm. and so that try really frustrated me because Ulster got themselves in a position to win the so game 16-15 I mean, and then it was just really sloppy I thought Mm. Defense, I know. It's I a completely different take than you guys would have had steamboated in the scanner. Yeah. <laughs> watching the game of stakes and pints. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <coughs> I think it was uh,
0: in a few of the Ulster earlier games this season, they've been a little bit lax on that inside uh, hunt defence. Um, who, who hammered them? The Cheetahs, was it? Yeah. Mm. Um, and they were caught a few times in there. So I thought it, it took something special for. For, uh, it must have been Conway or maybe I don't know whether the coaches had done their homework to see that someone needs to keep floating in here.
1: The line break, the line break was one thing, but even the backfield, I thought it was it just looked really, looked really slow. It looked really easy. Mm. Mm. I think um, Sam Faries maybe just underestimated how quick Conway was going because he mm. kind of seemed to get his angles wrong. Um, Jacob probably could, like, between the two of them, and then Sam Carter. Um, it's coming out from the far side, and he slipped the initial tackle. So it just looked, it just looked easy, and it was so frustrating because Ulster had done so much hard work to get into a really good position. And then I thought, if they could have held on for another five or ten minutes, Munster might have started just to panic a little bit because hmm. it's on, on, it's it was a, an unusual position for them to find themselves
2: in. Munster were starting to stutter. I think you're you're right. Munster were <coughs> starting to stutter a little bit. Yeah, I think if you look at the <coughs> the strength of the side that Munster had out. I would have thought that they would have been a lot more comfortable, but I think you have to take it into into consideration as well is that the returning internationals have had no no real coaching time; they've just been chucked back in there. So alignment is going to be an issue. But yeah, I thought I thought Ulster played played well. I thought Cooney had a really good game. Yeah, he's very good. Um, and I thought I thought you know I think Dan McFarland and Roddy Grant will be delighted with how how their I think their set piece fronted up pretty well. Yeah, in terms of like they. I think they won three scrum penalties against Munster.
1: Uh, yeah, what was going on there? They were um, uh, scrum at the angle. Um,
2: I just w- I watched it back again last night because I couldn't trust my first <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my first yeah. watching it because we, we'd had a few drinks. But it looked like Marty Moore was actually was, was was driving in, and I think James Cronin just came out a little bit and. Once you once once the tide is able to hold shape, if the loosehead kicks his hips out a little bit, it's it's very hard. Yeah. Um, but Munster had they were fair enough then, were they? Yeah, I think they were. I think they were <laughs> accurate. Um Munster, Munster had one good exit scrum penalty in, in, in the first half as well. But um I think like Ulster would be pretty happy. Like but put it in context, last year Munster beat them by sixty four points. So like Ulster weren't it was never gonna be, you know, a, a real Ulster were going to come out unbelievably fired up. Saying like,
1: last time we came down here, we got we got we got embarrassed. So um, there was a lot. Of, there was a few things early on that happened that I think set a tone for Ulster. There, it was they were boys were fired up. Mm. They were feisty early on. I don't know if you I don't know if you spotted it. Jack McGrath was going hard at it. Um, Rob Herring and Nascannel were going at each yeah, other. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> Who else? Sean Reedy was getting stuck in. <clears throat> Stu McCluskey A lot of guys. It looked like they were really up for it. Mm. Um, And it just kind of sets a tone. And I know then it's hard for that to maintain the whole way through the game, but uh, as much as possible, they did. So I think that kind of set a tone. We're going to be competitive, we're going to be fighting. The
2: physicality gives you a great buffer. That physicality and aggression gives you a buffer between. (laughs) uh, It would be disparaging to say that there's a gulf in in class between the two teams. There isn't a gulf in class, but I think that Munster had a stronger team out there. and they should have been a bit more comfortable, but I think Ulster were probably off the back of last year's <laughs> result yeah. and going into the game. I thought you were right, yeah. I thought I thought Jack McGrath, Herring, they were they were getting stuck in from the start and just a bit bit of bite. And then Munster probably weren't as close. I thought some of the small things like Munster's actual their their ball control when they were carrying the ball was quite poor. Um, at times they just like the ball was spilling out quite a lot and putting Alby under pressure. To, and then that has a knock-on effect <clears throat> then that the first pass is a little bit off so that the ball presentation, small things that just, you know, you, you think that they wouldn't be an issue but there were. Any Mons- major changes
0: in their, uh, tactically, and how much they're playing the game than what, what you would have done last year? Like, what difference has Roundtree and, and Larkin made at this point?
2: Uh, well, round Roundtree, I think, has only come in since the Cardiff game mm-hmm. and Johan is still going to be doing the line-out. I think the line-out's been functioning well. Um... Roundtree has just come in, so I, you know, I think he would have. He probably would have had a blueprint that he would have wanted the lads to follow, um, but I'm sure he'll, he'll want to get. Stu- We've been conceding quite a few scrum penalties, mm. which is unlike the the, the monster scrum. Um, so line out working well, uh, scrum needs to be tightened up, and we conceded. That's two mall tries in two games. if conceded, so I'm sure he'll get stuck into those things. Um, and Munster just seemed, they seemed, there seems to be a little bit more, they seem to be playing a little bit more from inside their half. It was hard, it's hard to tell, you know, like you're looking at it. There like, not a huge amount of phases put together to kind of. No. To, there was one point in the first half
0: where they went, it looked like if it was Munster, maybe last year, the last few years, we would have probably kicked. And uh, they were happy enough to just go through phases and phases and phases, mm. uh, which was in around the halfway line, which I thought was unusual. They were slowing it down and just going again and seeing if they could recreate fastball. Now oh, it ended up. I think someone knocked it on. Eventually, it didn't didn't work out. But it was, it definitely looked like a different approach.
2: Yeah, like the different. Like, <coughs> I understand that people get frustrated <coughs> when they when they watch a team and they go, you know, a coach doesn't come in and make people radically better players. The coach just comes in and he has his own philosophy. So a lot of it is going to be on the players themselves. You know, um, I don't think you can expect Stephen Larkham to come in and be, you know, mm-hmm. there's your magic formula now. Monster ripping teams apart like. Um, saying that Rory Scannell probably the best game he ever had for. he was brilliant monster, yeah. I'm telling you, he was massive yeah he, he was phenomenal I was, I was saying to Baz uh, <coughs> prior to Conway's try you know we talk about trying to get first receivers all the time trying to get two first receivers yeah. on the field I think for, for Conway's try Rory Scannell was first receiver four times in a row and then eventually they played to, to Tyler and Tyler dropped Conway back on the inside. But that takes so much pressure off Tyler when you've got two guys organising like that. Yeah. He was phenomenal. His kicking was, was awesome. Like, I think the news that Munster have signed Delende and Snyman obviously is going to piss some of the players off a little bit. Mm. But that's just competition and Munster need to get better. So if you've got two guys like that,
1: they're going to come in, they're going to mm. raise two, two very different types of players though. So mm. it won't be just one's better than the other one. It'll be It'll be an occasion that suits one of them or a type of game plan that would suit Scannell or one that suits yeah
0: like when I saw Scannell at the weekend like the best stuff that he did was stuff that you could you would normally associate with an out half so he kicked so well Mm. Um, those four phases you are talking about before Conway's try, like he was he was first receiver putting a a wide pass across one forward to another risky enough pass but so flat so accurate Um, and (coughs) you know going out the back door a few times as well Uh, sorry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, very disrespectful <laughs> <laughs> uh, which yeah you're right I mean that, but like now JJ's out uh, it looks like he's going to be out on his mm. I didn't hear the, 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 <coughs> the, the, the reports on his injury uh, Carberry obviously out till after Christmas it looks like it
2: um, could Scannell potentially slot in as, as a 10 well the other option the only other options I think they have really are, is going to be like Jake Flannery is out with a shoulder injury he had a shoulder done he's had surgery so Ben Healy, I don't know how much Ben Healy is featured, so then I'd imagine that that, that Rory becomes the next guy up. But a, a realistic starter, though, is what I, where I'd be considering, you know? I um, think that Tyler's going to start. Mm. I would imagine Tyler will start. and then But it's who's who's going to be your 10 cover. Mm. So they'll expect Tyler to try and play the 80. What you said there, sorry, just right. what you said about Delende, said that it's it's rarely going to be horses for courses, man. If you sign Damien Delende, think of it from, just think of, think of the actual you you approach you approach the IRFU you approach the CEO and Munster and you say listen we want to sign this guy he's a you know you go out during the World Cup you meet him like he ends up being a a World Cup winner you have to put together a case as to why you have to sign him and if you sign him then and you come up with the money and you sign him you're going to play him you're not going to not play him you know like look how much Fardy and
1: James Lowe play the the point I I was having a conversation with um, Ian Henderson on Friday night and Mm. he he said, actually, they were all they're all raving about Dan McFarland, mm. and they're saying um, so during the summer after preseason. Like even Rory, it was Handy uh, was saying that Rory came back and did a couple of sessions with Ulster in the you know the week breaks in the mm. pre-season. And he said, despite how fit and how tough the sessions are with Ireland, he came back and still struggled for fitness at an Ulster session. So anyway, they're loving McFarland up there, mm. and then one of the big things about McFarland that Handy pointed out was that. Everybody's droppable, and everybody—you know—everybody's got an opportunity to play as well. And he's not going to be a slave. I don't know if it's just being told, or if certainly he feels like the culture is such that guys can get opportunities, and there's not going to be guys like Dialonde who come in and definitely get a start. I think all those positions are for grabs at Ulster. I think that's a big strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And surely, so surely Van Graan's going to be the same if Delande doesn't play well and Scannell oh, plays yeah, as well yeah, as he did. Yeah. There's no way like you can't do. It. You can't just. I know, because but, someone's more valuable, more <clears> expensive. <throat> it, it's, well, listen, you're. I,
2: no, no, I know mean, you're. You're right. Like, and and I'm no doubt if if Rory is playing best at twelve, he'll get picked ahead of Delende. But my the point is, is that as a coach when you sign that guy you've identified that mm. he is going to make you better so why so would they have been allowed to sign him if well M- monster like I think they've got Arno Bota Albie Albi Matson is going to be re- is is his contract is not going to be renewed mm. so then they've got Arno Bota and after that like they haven't got a huge amount of foreign players like but 12 as in 12s they've got a you know how yeah many well like you've, you've got, got you've four? got dan Goggin, <laughs> yeah. you've got Sammy Arnold you've got Rory mm-hmm. uh Tyler can play 12 as well but like Munster aren't Munster keep end <coughs> being a semi final team because there's obviously it's it's for a reason. Like we're we're lacking quality somewhere. I'm not mm. saying it's the twelve, but across the board Munster are lacking quality. Munster have four regular international starters. Mm. You've CJ and Pete, you have Connor Murray and you have Earlsey. And if you look at the teams that win the European Cup, they have nine regular eight to nine regular international starters. So that's like they have twice as many of those Say premium players at an international level, like Leinster would have nine players, eight nine players who'd start for Ireland. Uh, Sarries would have eight, nine players who'd mm. be playing regular starters. like you've got guys like like Conways in the form of his life, but he's not a regular starter for 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 Ireland. John Ryan, you know he, he has to work really hard to get into the Irish squad. Um, you know J- John Klein didn't play regularly. and the difference is, is that from a financial point of view, when you've eight, to, when you've eight to nine guys who are starting for the Irish team, it, it it has a compounding effect because then the RFU start looking at them and start saying, "Let's put these guys on national contracts." So then you don't even pay; you get those players for free. Mm-hmm. So now you have a bigger. That's where Leinster are. Leinster have like you can't hate it. Like if you're to look at. And we'll we'll chat about Sarries later. If you had to look at what Sarries do and what Leinster do, this, the Leinster model is so sustainable and it's so strong. They're getting these players, they're coaching the <coughs> shit out of these young players, and they come through. Now their players are in really good shape when they come through by virtue of how strong the school system is there. And then Leinster have like a lot of really really top class players on national contracts, which frees up a lot of money then to go and. Bring in a James Lowe, a Gibson Park, bring in a Scott Fardy, and and supplement that when when the internationals are away, that they have a strong, a pretty strong base there and they just they have experience in there and then they bring in these young players and those young players don't cost a lot of money. Mm. So that's Leinster do it really, really well. Um the the trick is is that like you can't just say to Munster, Ulster and Connacht, just replicate what Leinster are doing because the Munster, Ulster and Connacht academies don't have the same player pool they don't have the same resources so they have to try and do things a little bit differently they have to try and innovate if you just try and do the same thing the infrastructure in Irish rugby is always going to lend itself to being Leinster mm. you know Leinster will come out on top yeah, but I think <clears throat>
0: as well as Scandal played at the weekend um, you, you look at a backline of Munster with Murray Carberry um, Delende Farrell Earls Conway yeah, the question is, you know, Haley, Haley went well. Hey,
2: yeah, H- Haley. I-, I wanted to ask your opinion. Like Mike Haley, man, is he, he has massive high moments. You know, like I think it, where he's just got to work to is he's got to eliminate some of the real lows. Like he'll you know he'll do drop he'll, pass from that yeah yeah dro- that Tyler drop pass yeah. and he like he was in a match against the Ospreys and he did some fantastic stuff but then he would have like like stone just just cold dropped a ball mm. and if he can he needs to work those things out of his game I think he's like chatting to him like he was he's so much talent he was thrown in he was playing I think he could have been playing premiership rugby at like 17 or he was up with training with Sale mm. you know he'd be quite cheap up there thrown straight in there isn't the, probably the amount of development time around that like so he's got to develop and I think he's as far as I know, he is he's really focusing on developing good habits around improving his game. Cause if he can round his game, like he's he could be a serious player. But there is there is good scope, like whether yeah. whether Comey wants to focus on being a fifteen, because I think that like that realistically that position is probably mm. you know, there's probably a it's an easier way to get into the Irish team at the moment if you're comparing between Stockdale and Earls. On both those wings, like Earlsy yeah. is still as good as he's ever been. He's been phenomenal. Stockdale's only going to keep getting better, and then you've got like Rob. Rob is probably at the latter stages of his career, so mm. I wouldn't discount Rob, but I think Conway. I, Conway's energy and the intensity that he brings to everything is quality. Yeah, I think I'd I'd love to see him at a fifteen
1: personally. Yeah, yeah looking at never, possibly, it, it <coughs> never ends up as straightforward though. I remember there was pre seasons in the past whenever you'd be going, "If everybody stays fit." who's going to play this position or who's going to play mm. that position. So you're looking at Scannell, Farrell and De mm. One of them will have a knock. There'll be a rotation. Yeah, yeah. So it, like, it'll never end up one purely gets ahead of the other by all three of them being fit and you seeing mm. who the best two centres are. Mm. You may, but not, it won't happen that often. The reality is all three of them will get a lot of game time.
2: If Comway if Comway's at fifteen, then you 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 really need that first receiver. You need two first receivers as playmakers, or else you just don't go with that. Mm. But it's I think to play a more expansive game, you need to have it. You know, to, to be to be constantly challenging defenses, you need to have two guys who can organize. And I don't I don't think Delende he, he certainly didn't play that role for South Africa in the World Cup, but man, he was awesome in the World Cup. Like yeah. in terms of like, and I know that like Johan. Joan would if you watched the way that when the Bulls were in Super Rugby, the way Johan had, had the had the team playing then, along with Heineken, obviously he was the head coach, but mm. you know, they'd love a twelve carrying hard into that channel and then forwards coming off nine and then you start to play, you know, mm. start trying to play a bit more expansively off that but I could see it. But like that's that's the beauty of you get Rory Scannon's best game there once it once Munster sign in sign in um Delende. So mm. it was good. Um, and speaking of Ospreys, uh, Saturday night
0: Champions Cup, um, they've lost. What, they've won one out of the last six games. Mm. Obviously, a lot of players come back with Alan Jones and Tipperick and George North. Um, what?
2: What can you expect from them, or what? She's bad. They've been terrible. Yeah. they've been really, really bad. They've had a lot of
1: injuries and they've lost a lot of their their key players. But yeah, it'll be a completely different team, will it not? <sighs> is, it, it, is Like, how many guys are coming back? I don't, Pat. Pad! <laughs> <laughs> like, there's yeah, enough guys to come few, back. Then, yeah, because cause they went all the way up to the third and fourth place playoff as well. They'll have to f- filter them back in as well. Yeah. But yeah, you'll have. There's enough guys there coming back in for that to be. They'll have Nicky Smith. Completely they'll different. Wynn Jones might come back. Tipperidge probably come back. He's the yeah. captain. George North looked like he did his hamstring in that game. That's right. Yeah. In the World Cup. So he might not come back. Watkin maybe as well. They'll they have around four or five lads come back in, I'd say. Yeah. They've mm. been
2: they've been really, really poor yeah. watching mm. them. Really, really poor. So I think Munster are gone. Like, I'm looking at it like just from my own personal point of view, look, all the stuff that would I would have found tough, like competing, like competing with Leinster is is, is really, really hard in the league. You know, to compete with them and Glasgow have been really, really good as well. Glasgow looked pish this year, but mm. Um, Leinster still looking like the team, like Munster beat Saracens, beat or Munster beat Ospreys pretty, you know, with a, with a bonus point, but Leinster put 50 points on them, like, Leinster were just ripping them apart. So that's, they're still setting the standard in the Pro 14 but, like, to compete with a team like Saracens, man, is actually, you're like, oh, how are we going to compete with this? They had nine players involved in the World Cup final, nine players from one club team involved in the World Cup final, like, that is so hard to compete with, so then if you look at it now, from what I understand, Saracens aren't are just gonna send like a second string team over to over to play Munster in the European Cup. So Munster have a fantastic start now. If Munster start well against Ospreys, which I think they they'll comfortably they they should comfortably do that, mm. then Racing, then coming into the, the so Sarres games. You think Sarri will Sarri will pick a poor team against Ras or a weak side against Racing this weekend? The 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 weird thing is is that like can they do that? And the McCall came out and said they were gonna they were gonna prioritize the Premiership, and they may even prioritize. They may even pull players from the Six Nations, because the players make so much money in Saracens, or they get you know, sorry, they probably do make so much money. But like they're prior, like they love Saracens so much. They have such a good culture there um, that the players just want to just do whatever it is to help the club. They can't pull
1: us from the Six Nations, surely? I don't know. You see, they're not centrally contracted. But in international windows, they have to be released. Do they not? Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't know.
2: I don't know. I, I think know what you mean they, they all
1: have like this wolf pack. They all talk. Yeah, about the we're, they're
2: going to put all the resources into making sure that they do not get relegated. Mm. But like, if they go out then and they send, they send a second string <coughs> team over to play monster. Like that's actually you have to field your strongest team in Europe as well. Mm. So if they go over and they send over an academy <coughs> side, like that's pretty. That's Mickey Mouse in the Champions Cup. So it's like <laughs> they're constantly pissing somebody off. But, yeah. yeah. But they don't care. Like they don't care and. I saw Alex Sanderson's comments after the game, the Gloucester game, and it was like the real, it, it, the same as any. Like everyone kind of goes like it's it's arrogant, and it does come across arrogant. But like it's the exact the same mentality almost every club would have when everyone is when everyone is turning on you. You know what I mean? You just circle the wagons and you just say, "Listen, we're going to make this work."
1: And he uh, was, you know, he, he quoted Taylor, Taylor Swift. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. then he uh, he felt obliged to like continue the quote. It was, yeah. like, haters going to hate, and he's like. Hey. No, no. I suppose look, play, he's play, you
2: know. Play, play, play. Play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. He's yeah. um look, he's like he probably wants to send a message and he can't Tackle or or pass or do
1: anything on the field. Yeah. He's just a coach. Just yeah, talking. he was he was fired up. Yeah, he? and he it was a reflection of where they're at. Did you see it cut to the changing room where Wigglesworth? Yeah, yeah. It was like celebrating like they just won the European Cup. Yeah, yeah, that intensity. So that's obviously fresh for them mm. at, at the minute. They're obviously feeling like they're the victims mm. again. Again, well, I'm sure we'll get into this a bit, but they're coming out fighting. That's fine for a couple of weeks. They can't keep that intensity and that hate and that like that motivation going all season. Mm. Sanderson said this actually. Well, it, yeah. it'll, it'll blow
0: over to a certain extent, like the the
1: the fact that they're
0: you know whatever happens, whether they'll get the points <coughs> deducted or whatever, mm. but that it'll it'll blow over. So they do
1: they need it now when they when their backs are against the wall. Yeah, they need yeah, it all season right. though because yeah, like they need it all season. And yeah. what I'm saying is, at the minute, it's easy for them to be motivated and fired up. Yeah. But as the weeks go on,
0: is if they keep uh they keep chipping away at it every week. Um, and you know
1: what a what an interesting. Uh, I know it's brilliant. Yeah, it's ladder to climb like because yeah. it just makes the whole pre- their whole premiership is so much more interesting now. Hmm. Especially because there's no Newcastle this this year, mm. so it's it's realistic that they could go down. Hmm. And the thought of Saracens going down is f- from a neutral is so interesting. It, I was going to say hilarious. It's not hilarious. It's too serious to be hilarious yeah. from their point of view. But it's so much more interesting than it would have been before. Yeah, it's it's. Um it's going to be it's it's going to
2: massively devalue the Champions Cup if they don't really compete in it but it's going to open up the Champions Cup hugely yeah. as well but surely that you get fined if you don't put out your strongest team but, yeah. in the
1: Champions Cup but how can they how can they how can they police that you know it's, it's
2: happened. I think that were Agen fined a few years ago for putting out a Mickey Mouse team in the Champions Cup. I'm, I'm not sure exactly, but I know that that's that's a thing. You can't just like if you just get knocked out. If you lose your first two games in the pool stage, you just go, oh, "Fuck this! We're just going to put out second string." It's devaluing the cup. Yeah. So, can so you definitely
1: can you get fined for that? I think so. Yeah. Really?
2: Yeah. Mm. We need some sort of stato to tell us that. Ah, yeah. yeah <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, but it's. Yeah, it's going to open it up, and I think it. I think it opens up the the Champions Cup then massively for, for for the Irish provinces for so, Munster and
0: for you as a coach. Then uh, looking back to obviously Saracens have beaten me uh, a few times over the last few years mm. and gone on to win the the cup. Is that very frustrating for you to think that they were essentially cheating? Like for you know winning the Premiership allowed them to get into the Champions Cup, uh, um, having those players <coughs> obviously. Uh, they See, were what cheating I'm, what, essentially so. Well,
2: yeah, you got to put it in context, man. They beat us and they beat us well both times they played us, and they were just better than us. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't complain. I think, I think we we probably gave a better a better account of ourselves in 2016, which was basically exactly what Rassi did with with the, with the Springboks, and they won the World Cup. We tried to do the exact same thing that first year with Munster, and we got so we got to a European semi, and we got to
1: the, the final of the Pro 14. But we just so, but they wouldn't have, they are not I'm not saying they wouldn't have. But they beat you and they beat you well. Mm. But if they hadn't been operating the way they were, then the argument is they might not have had a Farrell or a, they, a yeah, up, yeah, Or yeah. they might not have had like two or three influential players and then they might not have beaten you. Yeah, yeah. Were, you
0: were you aware of this? Were you aware of it at the time, like over the last few years? You kind of look at them going, they're cheating.
1: Uh,
2: I I wouldn't you would be you would look, every club has to work to a budget. And I think the fact that Munster have have debt with the RFU in paying off Tumman Park. So it's a constant balancing act. And I think Munster are in a really good position now where I said they're in a position where they can, where they can sign Delende and sign Snyman because they've been developing and they've been coaching guys to become Irish qualified to free up those marquee slots. And I think it's it's great that the RFU are backing them to sign those two lads. I think when you look across at Saracens, and Rassi would have made the point that there's loads of clubs out there with loads of money. Like you go to France and they've loads of money. Saracens use their budget, which is which would be way bigger than what we would have in Munster. They use it so well. So that's why you have to give them credit. In that, like, look, they, they pay the players really good wages, and they obviously have they have these investments that they that they do with them, which obviously sweetens the deal. And then they know that listen, when you finish playing with saris as well, we'll we'll look after you in terms of jobs, and then you know, you hear rumors around that they do third party stuff where they'll buy a house in someone's name and put it in the wife's name and pay it off. And, and the reality is, is that how, how do you police that? Mm. Like if they come back and Sarri's going, now our salary cap is, is, is fine. And I said, yeah, you just signed Elliot Daly. And now Elliot Daly's got a, his wife has got a £600,000 house, which is being paid off in a company that she's a director in, along with some player, some people from Saracens. That's very hard to police. Mm. So that's just the they, reality. Is that? Sar- but Saracens do like Saracens. It's not just the case that they're just lashing money at the players. They really, really look after the players as well. Like I was so impressed. And and when we got beaten, like the context is that they had better players when they played against, and they were, they're coached better than us as well. They they outsmarted us when when we played them, um, but. They still, you still have to get everything right. Just because you have loads of money doesn't mean that you are gonna you are gonna get it right. Like, and they look after. It's not just the players; they look after the families. and that, like when the you know they have a guy who's full time in charge of looking after the looking after the welfare of the player, and that's holistically meaning his family as well. The wives come in and they straight away get. If you if you sign for Cyrus in the morning, you are not nervous about rugby because it's what you do better than anything else. You are nervous about will Anna and the kids be settled in over in over in London so they're aware of that so then they bring Anna in and she gets to they bring all the kids into a creche which they have on site at at the club they take all the wives and the partners off they bring them into Harvey Nichols inside in London for the day and they get their hair done they go shopping they do all that shit like like that is insane like that is that is so big picture thinking because then when a club comes in and say we want to sign Andrew Trimble and you go home and say, "Listen, we're going to make a few more quid." Honestly, and, <laughs> and Anne is just there. I'm not going anywhere because this club it looks after us so well, and the players are bought into it. Like and and look at the guys that are they come through their academy system as well. Like they have a great academy system.
1: Hmm.
2: They're able to do this because they have huge huge budget. They have massive private. That's the difference. They have massive private backers. But so Saracens is
0: the he's the heartbeat of the team as well. He he genuinely cares for the players and cares yeah. for the welfare as opposed to when you see the French clubs who pour a load of money into them and our fellas pour a load of money into them but they, they don't really seem to be that invested in the it's in the yeah it's it's a
2: much it like taking the Saracens model you could apply it in other clubs you just can't apply it to the same level what would be interesting is that if Saracens didn't have the money to give players jobs after they finish playing with Saracens if they didn't have those connections if Saracens didn't have the money to be you know, buying a house for you as well as your contract through your wife, or, or you know, if they were if they weren't being able to look after the players so incredibly well, would they still have the same buy-in? I think, I think that they they have as much buy-in as other clubs. Hmm. If you even if you took some of those things away because of how they look after the players, and they've just got a really really good mentality, and they're like, you look at Sanderson coming out like and just saying, listen, it's the it's us against the world now, and yeah. they're all in it, and I. I think they're going to have, it's, it comes down to a, it brings up this really interesting issue of like who's looking after rugby in the long term. Like who is looking at, like when you bring in, when when you get multi, really, really wealthy guys who come in and they buy a club and they inject money into the club and they bring it to life like what like what have happened in Exeter or what Nigel Ray has done with Saracens, that's pretty phenomenal. But there's got to be a balancing act where, because they'll drive player, wa- player wages up because they're not, they're not, I don't know how much sustainability is on their... The sustainability of the game is going to be on their agenda. They're looking at... They want they want this new thing that they have in their life. They want this rugby club. They want it to win and they want to see success. They want to get the best players in. Um, but And they want to see mer, things done in meritocracy in terms of like when they saw Champions Cup and there was no real... You, you, you know, a certain amount of Irish teams qualified automatically. A certain amount of Italian teams. They're like, "Well, I'm pouring all my money into into this club here in England. I want to see that the other clubs have to work as hard as as I do." You know, just because they're yeah, yeah. funded by the, by their home unions. No, there's it's
1: in a lot of way. All the stuff you're talking about is really admirable. Like I think I was generally the, the Saracens brand for a long time, mm. and this is definitely going to damage that. Um, and but even kind of, so. You're saying Nigel Ray is really concerned about uh, Saracens. That's his big investment. That's his yeah. baby, and he loves it. And he invests, and it's different to him just pouring money in, as you're saying mm. to the French guys, uh, which is admirable. And he's created a, a really a, amazing environment, mm. and what they've achieved is amazing. And even what they've contributed to English rugby has been amazing. They've contributed in a massive way to England getting to the World Cup final, mm. and they, they, you know, potentially should have won it, could have won it, but they've 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 compromised rugby in the Premiership. Uh, in general though because Exeter might have won two more premierships if they hadn't have you know again the same argument for Munster if they didn't have Vinopol, if they didn't have Farrell those Mm. guys hadn't want to stay because they mightn't have
2: got we'd have won the European Cup and I would definitely not be sitting here with you (laughs) (laughs) my life would be very different Phoenix would be sitting here with
1: us (laughs) but you know and it's just and I just heard a few other guys talking about there, there could be civil cases about loss of earnings for Exeter for example because, you know, they've maybe lost sponsorship or I need to get seat.
2: my I need to get a solicitor, man, and send a few letters into Saris, man. Look what <laughs> yeah. look, look, look
1: what my life has become like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd have a great case. We could be witnesses for you. Yeah, you know. yeah. So look <laughs> the <yeah. be> like, <laughs> we we <laughs> <as> well. <laughs> but, yeah, you're so you right. know what I mean? There's like there's so much going on and and it's not even come out yet. So none of us know the extent of what's going on or even the details of what's going on. So we can't be we genuinely can't be too opinionated. Mm. But there are guys who are opinionated. And they felt like they've lost out because because they're, they're it's, it's not been a level playing field. It, it's
2: not, it's not but they've that's it. it's not it's not level and, and but how do you stop it? like if 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 there's a guy who's a millionaire who wants to get players in and they sit as a salary cap and he says, okay, well, I'm gonna play this, pay this guy this much money and then I'm gonna pay his his aunt, I'm gonna pay your aunt x amount of money. But in, Aunt it, Janet from
1: the Easter Islands. And,
2: <laughs> and, you know, like, there's just, how do you stop it, man? When they start doing third party payments, mm-hmm. it's just so hard to stop if but they it, want it, to do it. it.
0: Like, is it profitable? Is the club profitable? No, Does the, make club, any the clubs, money? are so losing money. Like, is that sustainable is, then for, like, is it damaging the game long this term is or, like, to pay these
2: players is it damaging half, the, half a million? Is it
1: damaging the podcast?
2: <laughs> <laughs> are we in trouble? <laughs> I think I think that the, the point I was getting to is it's great to have people who who are passionate about like Nigel Ray coming in, uh, <laughs> 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 coming in with his claws and uh, and and look, developing a club like Saracens that's great. There needs to be a balance between <clears throat> you need to keep looking after the long term view of the game as well. That's why a salary cap is there to try and create a bit of a level 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 playing field and try and make it things reasonably sustain, sustainable. If you look at it in Ireland, because all of the clubs are pretty much run by the RFU, the RFU will be looking at the long-term future of the game. So they want to grow the game. They want some of the Italian team to be... They want to get Italy participating in the Champions Cup. They want to try and... you know There has to be a level of meritocracy as to how to get in there, but they're trying to grow the game. Otherwise, it would just be the teams that have the most money are going to get the best players, and then the, if anyone that tries to compete with them that doesn't have those... If, if Worcester suddenly decide they're going to just throw millions at it and Leicester are here and Leicester are <clears> run as a traditional club and let's say Leicester are ahead of where Worcester are, and Worcester just start massively inflating the salaries for players and all the players go to Worcester and then Leicester try to compete with that but they're just running the club and they're making a loss, a loss, a loss but it's actually killing the club whereas Worcester's if the guy who's backing Worcester says, "Look, I don't mind. I'll 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 throw thirty million at it over the next three years," but say, for instance, then he gets tired of it, and he goes, uh, "I'm sick of this. I'm sick of losing money with this rugby hobby thing." Then that's when the game becomes in trouble because he steps away. Yet the club might just fall apart. Then mm-hmm. so, I presume that's what happens in France a fair bit. Like, I think yeah, to a degree, but it's it's getting a balancing act where you're trying to make sure, like, otherwise, that's why they have like that that GIF rule now where you have to have a certain amount of your players in the squad in France in the top 14 have to have come through the academy. Mm. You have to come through the French academy. (coughs) Because otherwise you just come in and you say I've got loads of money I'm going to sign these best international players in the world and then the French national team like doesn't Mm. you know it struggles. So there has to be a little bit of a little bit of friction a little bit of tension between between the governance of the game making sure that the game is sustainable making sure that you're developing the game in, in probably you know the weaker weaker countries, and then you know that you're that it's. I suppose that there's a you know that someone who comes in and puts money into the game can see. Listen, I'm, I'm I can compete here, mm. but it's 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 not going to get solved. And the reality is, I, I can't I can't see how Saracens are, are Saracens will find a way out of this for sure. Mm. They'll just
0: they won't yeah, they have seem to, to be pretty confident anyway, yeah. in right? that they're they're they've not done nothing wrong. Um, they're adamant that they're within the rules. Everything like, as you said, how can you govern them given? Anti- they're,
2: they're, they're blatantly have broken the rules. Yeah, blatantly broken the rules, and but, they're just—they uh, haven't defined what, what that's rules not come out.
0: Yeah, what but like broken.
2: you don't—you don't whack out a thirty-five point deduction yeah. and a five million pound fine unless you're pretty sure. you're Like this is, and I think they'd been—they'd had warnings for it before. Okay. and it's no like it's not a massive surprise that like while all the other clubs are losing money. In in world in, in club rugby, all the other clubs are losing money. Saracens can just keep on signing the very best players. They've mm. Liam Williams, the Welsh fullback, who is absolutely British and Irish line, absolutely outrageous. They've they've got Alex Goode, who was like European Player of the Year, and then they've just signed Elliot Daly. Mm. Like when we played them last year, they'd Schalke Berger on the bench, man. Mm. and I was like, if he was in Munster, he'd be one of our highest paid players. There's no way he'd be on the bench. They have Will Skelton there, like who, who's kind of like oh we might start Will Skelton, or we might start George Cruz, or we might start Maro Atoja in, in 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 lock, or Azique <coughs> who's another international. They have such a massive roster of brilliant players because they can afford to get them all. It, but they're obviously circumventing some of the the salary cap by doing things a different way by paying players outside of it. But mm. I don't I don't see how you'll stop it. I genuinely don't see how you stop it. Like I think Exeter's point was that they had to leave Cordero go to bring in Stuart Hogg. And they're saying, well, if we just wanted to work the Saris way, we would just would have paid Cordero indirectly through a third party or something like that and we just would have kept them all. Mm. But that, it doesn't it doesn't help the game long term. But yeah. I, I can't help I, but admire Saracens yeah. for what they've done. Because even if you have all the money, because there's French clubs out there who have all the money, mm. they've done it in a really, really good way. Yeah, I hope they don't... Uh,
0: rest some of their players and play a weaker team in the Champions Cup because I'd love to see I'd love to see Munster uh, go up against their full side and um, moving on to Leinster I think you
2: know, if I was coaching
0: Munster I'd be like
2: absolutely send over <laughs> your shittest team please <laughs>
0: nah I think we can take him uh, Leinster probably the the, the number one uh, co- competitors for, for the title this year both mm. Pro 14 and Champions Cup uh, did you watch them against Connacht the other night? Yeah, thought that first forty minutes was pr- uh, pretty flawless. Forty minutes, one of the best you'd ever see in a Pro 14 game. They were kind of poor, but Leinster were absolutely relentless.
2: We 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 discussed this in uh, oh, in, on in, Saturday. Pri- in private pre-production, yeah. in pre- <laughs> pre-production, down pre-production, non-lashing la- through wine and Guinness. Um, we were just saying, like, if you looked at it, whenever Connacht had the ball, there was just a wall of blue jerseys. And one of the things that strikes me about, about the Leinster game that they do so well is their decision-making around when to contest for the ball mm. and when to just leave it. And even when they do contest, how quickly they bounce back out and fill the line when they know that the ball has been slowed. So it's just constantly a, a wall of blue that you're trying to defend against. That chop, they use the chop tackle really well. Oh, they're they're uh, so good just, at it.
0: Like getting off the line and not being in two minds as to what kind of tackle they're making. It was straight for the ankles, mm. um, just bringing them down quick. One on one over the ball to compete or not, um, and that just just it stops that he attacks so quickly, and then just your your line is set straight away again. I was just. So, so you, you can
2: you can you consider what what had out, and then when you watch the European the, the Champions Final, and you have Billy Vanapola carries that ball mm-hmm. into that wall of blue. Next minute that wall of blue just loses three players mm-hmm. straight away, and the whole wall starts going backwards because Billy Vanapola makes three four meters, and then they've got fast ball, and then that's next one is Macovanapola or Toje or <laughs> or George, or George yeah. Cruz. Or it's so hard to maybe, defend. Maybe
0: though the, with the chop tackle, like that's something I don't think Leinster. It was the first time I would really noticed it. I don't know if they used it as much last year. Maybe that's something they've identified that they need to put this into practice now if they're going to come up against Saracens again or come up against you know the bigger sides. that yeah. They're going to have to stop that at source. Can't run away. without
1: their legs. Yeah. They the bigger they are, the
2: harder they fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a <little> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone spoke about like Ronan Callaher looks like he's like he's he's really like he's he's he's, he's been a standout performer for them. Yeah. I think Max Deegan six tries well. in five games. But I think Max, I, I really think Max Deegan is is, is quality as well. Mm.
1: They've been saying that about him for a couple of years though.
2: Yeah, and, and I'm the same as you. When you when you when you, see, when you see it and you watch, you don't see it straight away. He's no. but he's he's there's, there's little, little subtleties to his game. Like yeah. he, you know, obviously for the I think it was was it for Lencer's first try, he had that deep clean mm. and that that opened up the slot for for Kelleher to get through. On the switch with uh, with McGrath, mm. but like little things, I've just watched him against against in the I think it was the Ospreys game or the Edinburgh game, just looking to get his hands free with little, little offloads, L- little subtleties to his game that I think, and he's still physically developing, he's still got a good bit to go. I think he I think between himself and Callagher they've got re- two really really quality prospects there.
1: Um, is, um, what back rows? Uh, Leinster are going to get back into the squad for this weekend, and then a couple of those young fellas are going to miss out or
2: van Fleer will he be
1: back yeah. or oh, will they give him a break I'm
2: not sure Ruddock was Ruddock, Ruddock run, Ruddock came feature, on, yeah. Ruddock featured Rodrick featured um, obviously going to be out for another while I wonder yeah. how much further Levy is going to be man Levy is He's Levy's not till, a while yeah not till next next season I don't think man maybe Really yeah. I was I, I I was I met him I was doing a, a gig with him the morning of the Japanese game yeah. and he said he was coming along pretty well like it. Our Ireland missed him hugely hugely mm, yeah. but um they just, even the 15, that Hugo Keenan, he didn't really stand out now at the weekend, but he looks like a really good player as well. Mm. And Jimmy O'Brien, that the 13. Mm, brilliant player. Leinster just keep producing <laughs> these players. Conor they've got, The 13, model, yeah, the mm. model that they have is, is phenomenal, you know. And it looked like the, if you
0: took each player uh and you, at the weekend, and you said, these are the six things I want you to do in your position. You've mm. got to nail these. Look looked like they, that's, that's what they were That's what they're about, it was just this well-oiled machine that every cog in it was was doing its job perfectly, completely understood what they were doing. And uh, that's so impressive. Even Joe Tamani, who hasn't been hugely impressive for them over the last year, this, they had him in 12 and he was just carrying really strong, running really hard lines, and you, you couldn't take your eye off him if you were a defender, and then they were going out the back of him the odd time, and it was just like so relentless. Um... That yeah, they just the understanding there seems to be mm. um, pretty sharp and yeah, as you said, Scott Fardy and and James Lowe, then that experience and
2: Toner Toner yeah, yeah. they've uh, yeah they've got I think if you look at the Connacht side like Carthy showed his his ability to win the moment like that his his cross field for for Fitzgerald was <sighs> ridiculous absolute class and and was that Pox or was that no I think no. that's that's meant man you look he's done that class. he's done that a few times that we kind oh. of in the corner Un- unorthodox kind of like yeah. almost like. You remember when you used to watch uh, Serie A, Italian 90, or <laughs> Ser- like the Italian goalkeepers, the way they used to kick yeah, the ball. Yeah, they used yeah. to kick the ball and kind of volley sideways. it sideways. Yeah. And Stephen Fitz, it <laughs> was a brilliant, brilliant finish from Stephen Fitzgerald as well. He was in Munster for a good few years and I was there. Um, he's got yeah. a turn-up head. He's got a really big head. Yeah, But like he... You know he's. <laughs> I, just
1: great, up, yeah. I just wanted to bring up. I just wanted to bring up the turnip head. You mixed it in nicely with the serious point. You know he's got a turnip head. Great
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he's he, he's he reminds me of Mike Haley in terms of like can massive high moments. You know really capable of like winning the moment. But he's got a turnip head. <laughs> yeah, look, he's it's, in terms of having a root vegetable as part of <laughs> your anatomy. He's. He's he's managed really well yeah. to get to, to get to where he has, um, but like it's good, to, it's enjoyable seeing players that you would have worked with, particularly younger lads getting game time and flourishing. And I'm sure with Nigel Carroll and Andy Friend, he's going to keep getting better and better and better. Mm. Um, but Connacht looked like they they are they are a good few players short what mm. they what they showed there at the weekend, particularly like losing Bealham early doors. Um, <clears throat> I think. Like not having Delan or Quinn Roo, mm. Thornby as well, Thornbury as well. That they're they're big losses for them because they give a bit of bit of ballast to their pack. Um, I love that <laughs> word love ballast. Um, but I think like Farrell in the centre is 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 a really good player. Adi Alokan is starting to look.
1: He's starting to he's, he's yeah. He looks look like he looked a few years back mm. that season when he was on fire when they won the league. Yeah, and then yeah. But, the, but getting Bundy back in the field.
2: Um, I think Quaid and Blade is a decent player as well. Uh, he's busy, but they they are they are short a few players. Mm. They are short a few. Yeah. So. <clears throat>
0: but take nothing away from Leinster um, heading into play Treviso this weekend in the RDS. Did Johnny
1: allude to whether he'd uh, be featuring? No, we weren't talking on the rugby really. He was just he spent the whole night nice slagging me for being a journalist. <laughs> 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 I think because um, you've rattled him in a couple of press conferences Pat that he knows that we're associated with you <laughs> yeah. so it doesn't doesn't reflect great on Pat, Pat goes after him all the time <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it could be worse be it could be Jacob Stockdale getting
2: blamed for, for <laughs> fucking absolutely everything <laughs> <laughs> like oh well Jacob Stockdale is only going to be on the wing for the next 20 years for Ireland and he's going to hate us would like to come on the show Jacob
1: <laughs> um, but yeah no, I don't know if Johnny's going to be I don't know yeah. Not, we I'm sure he I'm
0: sure he'd be mad to get straight back into it wouldn't
2: he? Yeah. Um, he what he see what he said uh when he just he's actually hit the nail on the head so clearly when he said I know the way this is going to work before I think he said it before the Cup. He said you're going to say that we're all going to be too old and they need to get rid of us after the Cup." I can see it happening already. It's just a cycle. It's just a cycle in the media where they just come yeah. along and say yeah, they're too old, they have to go like and
1: that's that's actually the reality. He just yeah. sees it as it is. Mm. And just said it like so. He, I think he just hates he hates the media in general. I don't, you know. He didn't say this, but I just get the impression he he never opens up. Actually, there's very few guys can get him to, to open up and mm. share, and he just kind of puts the puts a barrier up. He's like, I don't need this.
2: Yeah, I'm well, doing. look, there's 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 two ways of looking at it. They're like, you need the media to to. Give you know to give some attention to the game to make yeah, to make, profile, to make yeah. characters out of some of the players and and then the players then when the media when they do interviews and people get get a feel for the players um, they start going, oh I like that character and then that player then gets a deal with you know gets an endorsement deal or something like that so it is it it's a it's a game. But I can understand, like when the players are putting absolutely everything into it, yeah. and then some make ill-informed comments or anything like that, you just go, "Fuck these guys." Yeah, I think it's 100%. more
1: likely for a player to get tripped up by, by opening up and being um, kind of presenting more of their their personality mm. and relaxing more and being more themselves. They're more likely to get tripped up and regret saying something than to get um, to end up being like James Lowe and being lauded and getting um, yeah. commercial agreements. I just think there is the opportunity for that, but I think most players are risk-averse and they just want to get through it and let their rugby do the talking.
2: You know what, I, I, I'm i not sure if I if, if I had this. I remember I was talking about this with somebody else. I'm not sure whether it was on the House of Rugby in the UK or not. But if you look at the way the the a lot of the, the guys in the English team, look at Joe Marler, what a character he is. He was on Jonathan Ross and unbelievable. Night,
1: he was brilliant.
2: But like, you look at all those guys, Haskin and all I remember when I played against them, we used to be like, how are they so out there in the media? How are they so, but they're competing with professional football. So like, if you want to have any kind of a profile over there, like they have to come out of their shell a little bit because they're competing with footballers who are on millions and millions, you know? So they, if they want to get any attention, they have to be out there. They have to show it. Whereas in Ireland, like the, the, the root players, the, the money comes to them. Like, you know what I mean? There's only, there's only like, who have you got? You've Johnny Sexton, you've, You've got Connor Murray. You've got like the the big dogs in in, in the game, and they're going to get their endorsement deals whether they put themselves out there or not. So there's no real there's no real incentive for them to go out and say I'm going to open up and let people know because like their their main job is to be a rugby player. And if they feel like they're they're going to get screwed over a little bit
1: by the media, then yeah, I think you get rewarded more from it in England as well. Yeah, because it's higher profile. Yeah, again, I, I don't know if you saw Jonathan Ross with um, like uh, Ben Youngs, Tom uh, Curry, Lange, Tom Curry, yeah. Mm. And um, Marler was just holding court. Yeah. He was brilliant. And he looked ridiculous. He was wearing shorts and like, hiking boots, <laughs> boots and, like, high socks. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. like, a we like, country yeah. and But he was just holding court, looked as comfortable as anything. Mm. He was brilliant. I thought it was class. The other, the other three, I'd, probably, I'd say, probably looked a little bit nervous. Yeah. But he was fine. He looked like he was in his element. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's... Haskell's the same. He's another guy who just puts it out there, just really backs himself and he's just mm. he seems to be himself. Really popular with the boys. Um anybody who's played with him loves him. Really popular with supporters. Um I don't know. It could be is it an Irish thing as well though for us to be just a little bit more I'm not not humble, but just more like introverted. Reserved. Yeah. Reserved.
2: Yeah, yeah, probably is. I, I tell you like KV did I saw Kavey, I'm not sure where I, I heard him talk about it, but could have been on the rugby Potter or, or something. I'm not sure what it was on. But KB was just talking oh, then about bleep, that out. bleep rugby pot out. Uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> it, I might have heard him talking in a toilet one day about it. Um, <laughs> about how like he just gets tired of how how the exact same interviews just mm. get wheeled out and the yeah. players don't really show any of their personality. Probably why everyone thinks that you're shit crack. And now we're, <laughs> we're trying to change that. Like, because you're like, so Andrew. What about this weekend? And you'd be like, oh well. Hopefully this weekend goes okay. It'll be a big game, and we certainly expect them to be physical. And they go, oh god, that guy's such a crack. And now we're trying to change, <laughs> trying to change that, that that view of you. But he, he was talking about it. But like, are people that come up saying that to you a lot? Like, you're you're way more, jeez, you're
0: way more crack than I thought you'd be. I
1: can't believe you actually. Interesting.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> they say it to me all the time. Yeah. Jeez,
1: I can't believe it. Yeah, I get a lot of. Jeez, um, the show's brilliant. Barry's brilliant. <laughs> all right, thanks. I get the opposite. I'm brilliant too. Yeah, you are. You are and flies <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Um,
2: yeah it's interesting but I, I don't I think if there's no if there's no incentive for the players to be out there the funny thing is is that like when you think of all the squads that you played and you've got some lads who are just unbelievable like they could be stand up comedians like Dave Kilcoyne man is absolutely hilarious man mm. and people probably don't know that about him do you know what I mean they yeah. just don't know that about him whereas he's like he's Gold like Zeebo is really really funny as well. I think people, people know, know that about Zeebo. <laughs> Zeebo's mm. constantly like, can I do another Petty Power video or something like that? But <laughs> yeah. but he like Zeebo is a real character as well. And I suppose Zeebs puts himself out there because he wants people to know that about him.
1: People like people don't know that about someone like Killer. No, K- Killer is a good example. You're right. Not that many people know that yeah. he was on the bus in South Africa. He took over on the mic mm. from Donica, and did like th- those are big shoes to fill. Yeah, and Killer he was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Like he was just holding court the whole time, slagging boys. Just doesn't care. Yeah. He really doesn't care. He's different.
2: he's he's smart man. He's yeah. he's
1: actually like he's quick
2: witted and he's he's smart. Like people don't give him credit for it, like but he's sitting there with his little fat head, thinking <laughs> yeah like, pinking up little things to wreck you like <laughs> slag you and shit yeah, like yeah. that. He doesn't look smart, but yeah. he's smart. Yeah. Um yeah, so I suppose until there's an incentive for players to really go out and put themselves out there, you never you never know who the real characters are.
1: Yeah. But I
0: think we'll try and drag it out of them. That's our yeah. That's our role, lads. Yeah. Get them onto the couch. Get them to tell jokes? Drop my pen. All right. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back with black and white. The scores are pretty embarrassing. Hey, that's not right. <laughs> Did you be been fecking with that scoreboard? Fecking. No, we we ran out of um, props. I've definitely <laughs> way more yeah. than three. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe,
2: together with Guinness. Okay, time for black and white. Uh, this week's black and white is uh, based on a the team of Saracens and money not being any object to acquiring players. So you've got to pick a province. You've got to pick an international superstar marquee signing and explain why you think he's going to benefit that team and then this is the kicker you've got to put together a package for that player a remuneration package uh, with benefits and details that, so that won't raise any alarm bells in the R- <laughs> in the R- in the, R- in the R- okay. okay fine yeah okay so five fivefold yeah so it's pick the province pick the international superstar you're going to sign, tell me why you're (coughs) signing him, and then you've got to put together the details of his package and how you're going to circumvent Mm -hmm. any alarm bells at the RFU, and you can't pay that guy that much money. Okay. Do you think you
1: can do it in 60 seconds?
2: I'll try. Could could, could need to push it out. (laughs) We don't have to put so much of a time limit on it, because there's a couple of stages to it. Okay. Baz. Yeah. I got it. You go first, so give me the province. Monster.
0: Oh, standard. Would you believe it? I know it. I know it well, and, and yeah. it's you know familiar. Okay. Uh, give me the player
2: Cheslin Colby. Oh. Okay. I, I, Are, that's I, why because he's class. I have to ask the question why? Because he's class. Okay, class. Can you give me a little bit more? Because uh, uh, I think we're probably
0: lacking a little bit in back three. So uh, if we put Conway to fifteen, um, and we put him on the wing. I think it justifies us signing him.
2: Okay. 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 <laughs> now. I preferred his right. class. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so how, how are you going to sign so him? So this now? is like a so video. A I'm so going to send him a VHS of a video. So at the moment, <laughs>
0: at the moment, the <laughs> RFU like
2: the were like, lads, your budget is gone in monster now, so you can sign Ches and Colby, but I don't know how you're going to pay for him.
0: Barry Murphy's gonna pay for it. Okay,
2: him. tell me what's what's the package. Bi- who's
0: billionaire? I've just written an album that's like skyrocketed me to be. You wrote uh, a billionaire. uh a billionaire.
2: You wrote Champagne Supernova. <laughs> right? Yeah I wrote Champagne Supernova.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> he flipped it, so. Peter Classy <laughs> yeah. got that album. That's a decent album
2: that uh <laughs> supports your man. <laughs> So, uh,
0: so yeah. Okay, I have made millions off that. So, uh, what well, first thing is I? If you have to know limerick uh, to get this, but I'm sure you might. I'm sure I'll get it. Uh, I bought, I've bought him King John's Castle. So I'm like Cheslin Colby. I bought you King John's Castle. You're going to live in King John's Castle. He's only a little fellow. He doesn't need a full castle. Change the name. Maybe he just likes to run around. Okay, <laughs> um, go on. Uh, so it's now King Colby's Castle. Okay, um, King Colby's and give Castle. And he gives him a little throne with a with a crown. Uh, I've bought him a Adair Manor for his kids so they're going to maybe move him out there as a crash. and uh, J.P. McManus is going to be their butler uh, Jesus that yeah, is yeah. that's I pretty, pretty. champion supernova man yeah and uh, uh, I bought him I make him a monorail that will just get him around Limerick and he can only have to go to the place he
2: needs to go to like you probably can't give this stuff directly to him it probably has to go to his wife or to his kids so a Adair Manor we can give to the kids a pennies for his wife rather than um, or Brown Thomas pennies
0: uh, I'm sure... It'd... She can live in the clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, like, okay, okay. Like the hunchback.
2: Why, why, if he's got King John's castle, why is his missus going to live in the clock? In the I pennies? don't know,
0: it just fell. I saw it and just said it. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, what else? That's enough. He can do it around. He can put like a uh, Bill Tong. Any features in King John's? Uh, Starbucks? Okay, I'm going to put a Starbucks
2: it's in. In King Colby's castle? In Kil-
0: King Colby's castle. He can do what he wants with it. And uh, that's pretty... Class isn't it? That's pretty impressive. He's going to have... Oh, or I'm going to... Uh, Limerick, uh, You're a Lady is the song for Limerick. That's mm. our song. I don't know if, if Coleraine has a song. Uh, Limerick, You're a Lady. And I'm going to get Beyonce to re-record it and change the words. And it, Colby, You're a Lady. Oh, Colby, You're a Lady. Whoa. And then good finish. Get it's her to release it. And then it will f- and, he, and he gets all the rights. Because I'm good friends with Beyonce now because I wrote Champions of <laughs> Fanova. <with> <laughs>
2: Happy days. He
1: finished Listen. Strong. Yeah. Yeah, that's strong. Yeah, that's strong. Okay. <laughs> Trimby, mm. team. Okay, right. So I have no uh, musical ability, so I wasn't able to... Um, I'm just talking about financing. Per, Hang on a second. Per, oh, sorry, sorry. Ulster, Ulster, obviously. Ulster, okay. Predictable. <laughs> Player? Um all <laughs> <Ruan laughs> smacked our face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ruan Pienaar.
2: Ruan Pienaar, okay.
1: Want him back? He's on the pension... The reason why we're signing Ruin is because we have, have got used to not winning as much. So we're going to continue not to win as much in terms of um, success on the pitch. But we're going to win hearts and minds.
2: OK, so John Cooney's probably <laughs> probably been your form player. John Cooney's not going to be happy.
1: Still, I'd rather have hearts and minds than Cooney. OK.
2: <laughs> Sorry, Cooney. Hearts and
1: minds. minds. Yeah. Because okay. you can't put a price on those.
2: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> Fair enough. I could. See, so, so you can't.
2: Okay, <laughs> tell me, what's his package going to be?
1: Uh, okay, first of all, um, I've, um, I haven't got um, any uh, musical ability to create a, a, a smash hit like uh, Champagne Supernova. So I put oh together... a Lady. Yeah, I, I put together... Um, I can, what do you call that? A syndicate. Mm-hmm. A syndicate. So Syndicate is going to be uh, including uh, Dame Mary Peters, who I know you two are familiar with because mm-hmm. he introduced us <laughs> <they introduced laughs> yeah. a while back. Uh, Jimmy Nesbitt. And Julian from UTV. (laughs) Yes. So those three.
2: (laughs) What about you?
1: (laughs) So those three are going to front up. My
2: mates used to give me shit that I looked like him. I I was like, for fuck's sake, man. Julian from fucking UTV.
1: (laughs) They're going to put together the... um, Sorry, who's the second one again? Cash. Uh, Jimmy Nesbitt. Okay, Jimmy Nesbitt. Jimmy Nesbitt's in my head because we were sitting beside him um, on Friday night at Rory's. Yeah, he played um, Colin Hoyle, the, the dentist the, from Korean who killed his wife. And then Anna, on Friday night, kept calling him Colin. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, that's the three of them in the uh, syndicate. They're going to front, um, front up the cash. Um, Ruan is going to come over initially and stay at Julian's house for the first few, <laughs> for the first few weeks. Yeah. Because Julian Julian's- slash me. <laughs> so, yeah, he's going to stay at Flav's house for the first few weeks and then he's going to move into uh, Stormont where the Assembly aren't um, uh, actually... Uh, in position at the minute, so mm-hmm. oh, I know you two aren't in in any way interested in Northern Ireland politics. Stormont? I've Stormont. Stormont is where the assembly meet, and <laughs> they haven't been meeting, meeting okay. for of years. That yeah.
2: sounds like a nice gaff.
1: It's great, yeah. So, it, but it's quite. Does it need any work? It, uh, it does need some work, actually. But all, more importantly, it needs um, it needs staff. So Ruin is going to bring over five of his teammates from the Cheetahs. Ooh. Five of them. So I'm getting six players for the price of one. Joseph Dweeba, and they're going to work, work. Yeah, Volmink, Vol- Volmink. They're they're going to be cleaners, um, cooks. They're going to be <laughs> <laughs> careful. <laughs> they're just going to so keep. Joseph Dweber, yeah, uh, Oxniche. We I don't presume. need to get into the details of we're just going to pick. Well, the five you just best made teams. them
2: cleaners. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're just they're just coming over um, to to help keep Ryan company, and then we may call on them for Ulster every now and again if we need them.
2: Okay, okay,
1: um, okay. So the the financial package that we're putting in place for for Ruin <clears> is <throat> first of all. Um, we're going to give him uh, the Giants Causeway. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to get Slamish. You know, is, uh, you know
2: you can't give the stuff directly to him.
1: Fine, listen, the, the Syndicate, a the syndicate are, are purchasing it. Okay. No, and then they're going to give it to Volmink and his five um, uh, <laughs> his five um, teammates from the cheetahs. The Cleaners. <laughs> the Cleaners
2: and Cooks. <laughs> Giants Causeway. So the Cleaners going to be played by Slammish. The Cooks
1: going to be paid by the Giants Causeway. Um, someone else is going to get the lagging uh, the river uh, someone's going to get the Tato factory um,
2: your potatoes are fucked man are what are the Tato's are northern potatoes? in trouble no
1: no Tato factory like the, the, the crisps
2: yeah are they not in trouble
1: oh, are they no shit well it's fine listen Just it's still better than nothing he <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: yeah, well, yeah, could go to Japan after the cheetahs um, you got to put
1: together a decent package here no man. listen the, the the best thing's coming next he's okay. getting Donny Gall. <laughs>
2: You don't, I don't own
1: ah, Get out of it Sorry lads <laughs> we don't own It's our province gold. But it's your country <laughs> <laughs> Give him one of the other oh ones That's bollocks lads. <laughs> That's bollocks No man. sorry It's been done <laughs> That's bollocks It's been done That's the beauty It's bullshit That's man. the beauty yeah. of nine counties And six counties Nah, nah. So it's been signed
2: That's so. controversial Okay well look Without doubt how
0: many special people <laughs> <laughs> Barry Murphy
2: Barry
1: Murphy wins this one
0: because oh you. How man, many um, lives are lives straight? Congratulations well Thank done. you very much well done. Well done. Where
1: were you are we i I swear it. There wow. we go This there is so go. Go. This has got Very doni- political The Donegal duny- so The Donegal duny- The One pushed it The Donegal duny- duny- okay. Was the goal and that was the, That's why I saved it to last <laughs> Okay lads Well done Well done, well done. In a show <laughs> Right, everybody, thank you very much for listening and all your favourite apps. And for those of you watching on YouTube, please do leave a comment. Um, I'm happy if you're going to be nasty. Would you be happy nasty, nasty? Yeah. yeah be mean, be but mean. be creative and be uh, entertaining and we will read that review out. Yeah. Um, thank you very much to Pat, Paul, Dermot and Anthony. This has been Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on show together with Guinness. You are listening to
0: Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.